0: Welcome to the one-player podcast, the show on Solitaire Board Games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 296.
1: Dun, da, da, dun, da, da. Hi, everyone. Hello, there, Albert. How's it going? Going well.
0: Welcome back. Uh, hang on.
1: I don't know why Fable Lands makes me think of Indiana Jones, but it kind of does. And I couldn't does really it? think of anything else on the top of my head for it.
0: <laughs> well, it's not exactly the same at all, but that's okay. We'll work with it. What do you mean
1: it's not the same at all? You're saying because one's fantasy and one's not?
0: Basically, yep. It's, <laughs> I mean, that's basically Indiana it, Jones yeah. is pretty
1: fantastical. <laughs> it's modern fantastical.
0: <laughs> There's even magic in it, isn't there? Exactly. Yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, that works. <laughs> so, yeah, today today we're going to be talking about Fabled Lands, the uh, a series of game books. That came out, I think, in the in the '90s, actually, originally, and oh, really, that old? Yeah, and they're still available. So, well, they came out in the '90s, and they're you could buy them, and they're printed, and then they disappeared for a while, and now they're available again through Amazon print-on-demand services. And that I know if that's the only way to get it
1: now. It is from the '90s. Wow.
0: Hmm.
1: Wait, looking at it now, there were six in the '90s, and then they took a twenty-year break and released another one
0: yes i think and when the other one is printed written by a different person so i don't know if, if it was just somebody else did it or i the, I thought when i first came across these that they had wanted to make more and they just they had run out of whatever uh, support or funding or whatever it was and so mm-hmm. they finally were able to release more and i think in theory there's even more but i don't know that that will happen or not
1: i mean i'm certain it's like any other creative endeavor where you keep putting out more as long as people keep buying it and if people stop buying it then you stop making you stop.
0: more. Yes. Yes. So 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 Fabled Lands is a game book set in a fictional world of the Fabled Lands. Apparently I just have to
1: pause. Game book game books. Yes. As in choose your own
0: adventure type game books.
1: So not a game.
0: It no, it's a choose your own adventure.
1: So a book, not game. Correct. Book. So not really on this podcast?
0: I mean, no, we cover we cover game in game books and stuff, right? And role playing <laughs> games. We kind of
1: do. It's not much different than an escape room adventure or uh, any like or a puzzle game. We do cover a lot of those, but I wanted to address what could potentially be a controversy. <laughs> it's <laughs> it is a creative solitaire endeavor involving pitting yourself against the opponent in the form of the game that is trying to kill you. It <laughs> feels like an adventure in physical form where you're reading through it. Um and you know, it's it is not a game. I, I hesitate to, to call it a game book because it's it's a choose your own adventure type of book. It's an adventure book. Yeah. But so, so so choose so much- your own
0: adventure books are called game books. That's the that's their official name.
1: Yeah, I don't like that name.
0: There's there's websites all about game books and stuff, and yes. <laughs> so it's only a controversy if Julius makes it. A no, it is
1: definitely not only. <laughs>
0: like, it might. is
1: definitely not only my controversy. <laughs> I have seen this controversy elsewhere.
0: Really? Okay, I hadn't. Um, I mean, and some game books are more gamey, and some are more booky. And I think you know, this one is probably a little more towards the game side of things. It it is it's it's basically you know they're on not on BGG but an RPG geek, so there's also considered a role playing game, albeit a light one. But these are rather role-playing game-like in that you make characters. Your characters start at level 1 and they could level up. They have different abilities. When you're, doing, when you're fighting, you're rolling dice to see how you do in combat and your skill checks. There's, there's armor and weapons that you could buy or acquire. And you could find better armor and better weapons and whatnot to increase your skills. So it very much is closely tied to a role-playing game. And in that sense, it, it does feel very it feels big. like a GM-less we'll, we'll role-playing game. Yes, but more scripted.
1: I mean, that's kind of how GM-less GM- role-playing games have to be.
0: <clears throat> no, they, they're generally unscripted, This has been my experience. Mm. I mean, every game is scripted to some extent, fine. But the GM-less games tend to be more open-ended. You could do whatever you want in a game if you choose to, like, sit down and count to 100 just because that's what you want to do. You could do that in, in a game like this. This one doesn't have any choices where you could say, you know, to to fight the monster, turn to page 80, to sit down and count to 100, to turn to page 72. You don't get that I option. suppose that's maybe <laughs>
1: drifting into your idea that I think you have a stronger preference for journaling type games, which are GM-less, yes. very open type games. Whereas for me, a GM-less mm-hmm. type game would be something more along the lines of ambition on the other end, like Descent, where there's an app, essentially a storybook mm-hmm. that you are guiding through and trying to do it, or story cards or something along those lines where it is more scripted and that's more my preference.
0: Ah, uh, Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So I would say this is probably closer to that than anything else. <laughs> this then. is closer to I, that. I actually would, yes this is so fabled lands is closer to descent than it is to a role-playing game is what i would say personally
1: absolutely
0: true um and so so let me tell you a little more just about the background right the setting the games were designed by dave morris and jamie thompson and apparently the setting was a a campaign that they were role-playing in i don't know what system it was D D or something else and this was a setting they had come up with and so they made the games in that setting um as i said it came out in the 90s this is a series of books there's julia said there's seven now originally it was just six had come out and you could pick up any book and start playing and as you're playing travel through through from one book to another and then maybe back again that sort of thing so it's very open-ended game books um where you could you could choose where you go and what you do to some extent you know it's not totally open-ended besides the the seven game books there's also a fable lens quest which is a, there's only one book in that series, but it is a more traditional game book thing where, where it's very linear and very scripted and you go through and you play it. But if you have the Fabled Lands, at one point you could choose to, to go into the, the other book and play through that one and then come back and continue in the in the Fabled Lands world. And there's even a novella in the setting. So, so I've done tons of stuff and I think they keep doing them. Some of these are pretty new, but there we go the game so as I said you have a character well I'm, I'm just jumping around aren't I? I'm not we're not doing the order thing today I'm just talking nonsense really <laughs> what, what's what's in our list so let's see we got a summary which we've already done plenty of there's rules theme components let's talk about the theme first um the theme is it's a fantasy setting it is it's relatively generic you know th- there are some things that are unique to this world for sure but it, it feels like very generic setting there's the few the Pretty traditional classes of fighters and wizards and clerics and whatnot. The armors and and uh, and weapons are all relatively generic with pretty standard plus one plus two bonuses. That sort of thing. So it all feels pretty generic. Pretty easy to get into and comfortable. Uh, the theme comes across pretty well because you are reading text. And the text is descriptive. So it tells you you're walking around in a forest and... You know, you come across a goblin, that sort of thing. So, so, you know, it, it feels good. It feels consistent. You don't accidentally, like, at some point, see a tractor or something that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and you wouldn't in a game book, I hope. So, I think the theme the theme comes across pretty well. The there's like I mentioned, there's leveling and and that sort of thing, and it just it feels like a role playing game. It has a good in a an interesting setting.
1: Component. Any comments on the theme, Julie? I mean. It's a book with a pretty standard set of theming. I mean, it's your standard fantasy. It's fine.
0: Yep. All right. Yep. So so components. And so components. So it is not a book. It is a set of books, Julius.
1: It could be just one book.
0: (laughs) It could be just one book, yes. You are able, the way they've set it up, you are able to start with any book. However, book one is easier in that you could start with a, a level one, or they call it rank, rank one character. If you start with book two, they'll say, oh, you're going to have a rank two character. If you start with book three, you're going to have a rank three character and so on. Um, so you could start in any book you want to. But if you started with that last book and have a really high level character and then went back to the first book to adventure in there, you'd, you'd find a little unbalanced. But otherwise, all the books are are the same. They they're have different paragraphs. They're all numbered. They have hmm, between six and seven paragraphs each, I'd say. On average, uh, number of pages. I'm not sure because they don't number the pages. There's art throughout the book. Um, it's all black and white line drawings. The And it's all the original art from the original books. So, so you know, it, it looks, you know, what it reminds me of the old they're about, D&D books, like the first edition, that kind of they're art.
1: They're about 230, 250 pages.
0: Is it that? Okay. So it's not a bad size. So yeah, so you're gonna have these books. They they are available right now in two different sizes on Amazon. A larger size that I'd say is like eight by ten, maybe. I'm not sure exactly. Or a smaller, probably like six by nine. So both are larger than the standard paperback, but they're they're not the same. Otherwise, they're the same book with all the same exact content. It's really just a matter of preference. And that might be based on the cost. Which actually is surprisingly cheap. I mentioned they're both on they're available only through Amazon. I think the smaller size is eight dollars, the larger one is nine or maybe ten. $11? okay. So I mean pretty cheap per book. Um each book has a, a map and the the newer version has a map on the back that's in color that shows you the area for that book. And you know, it'll it's show you color? like the, the names of cities and that sort of thing. It, the yes, the one in the back of the the back cover is in color. Okay, and that is a map. Inside the book, the there's a map of the whole region, and that's just line drawings. Now, the original books, the all the maps were line drawings. And inside, I have the first two. I found them in a thrift store a while ago, so I have those, and I could compare them. Um, the original ones are about the same size as the larger format available now. They're slightly shorter, but they're, they're close enough, maybe a half inch off. The the new paper, I mean, it's print on demand, so the it's a lower quality paper and whatnot. But I'm sure it'll, it'll last fine. Uh, it has character sheets in there. The and you know instructions on how to play. The instructions are simple enough. There's really not a whole lot to. Is it. there a way to and download character extra sheet. character
1: sheets or print off some more?
0: Yes, I have found some available on BGG. They might also be on uh, Gamebooks.org. Uh, I am not sure, and. You could probably print one out, but, you know, it's funny, In the at least in the original book, they they assume you're going to be writing in the book and whatnot, so you're going to write in the character sheet. When you're done playing, you erase it. As you're playing, um, we'll get more into the details. There's places where you might have to check a box in the middle of a paragraph, or if you have a house, it'll be a box. If you buy a house, because you could do that in this game, there's a box you could write it in what you have in that house. So if you have different houses throughout the world in different cities, each house has its own paragraph with its own box where you could write in what you have. So they actually expected you to write in it. You know, I can't do that. But you can print the, the sheets out. The there's sheets for each book, then they're a little bit different in that one of the things as you're playing through, sometimes you come across a, a paragraph that has a checkbox I mentioned. And the next time you come across that paragraph, it says, you know, you know, the first time you come across it, say, go ahead and check it and then do such and such. The next time you come across it, it says now if this paragraph, if this box is already checked, go to this paragraph instead. So each book has its own list of paragraphs that have boxes, and the character sheet that at least the ones I printed out has all the page, all the paragraph numbers with their boxes next to it, so you could write it on your character sheet instead of the book. A second thing they have to, to do things like that are keywords. As you're playing, it might tell you. After you, for example, after you finish a quest, you know, write down the keyword apple on your book or in your sheet or cross it off in the sheet or whatever. And as you're playing at some other point in a different paragraph entirely, potentially, it'll tell you if you have the keyword apple, go to this paragraph. If you don't keep reading. So so there's keywords also that are going to trigger based on what you have accomplished. Sometimes you're bad, sometimes you're good. The each book has a different list of keywords and they set it up so that all the keywords from the first book start with a all the keywords in the second book start with b and so on they're all alphabetical so that if you're playing the first book and it says oh oh if you have the keyword banana or maybe it wouldn't be banana <laughs> maybe brooch go to go to this page well if Could you're in the first book banana. and it says brooch you know you got to go to book 2 to find that keyword you know it came from somewhere from the different book so it is interesting in that you may be playing and your quest sends you off to a different book. And I, I think that's a really neat idea. So the character sheets are a little bit different. It's, it was the point of all that. I will also mention the Fabled Lands quest. That one is different. It's more of a linear book. It also has a character sheet. It does. Does it have keywords? I think it had a few keywords potentially. Uh, but it did not have checkbox. Yeah, it does have or code words. It does have code words. But it doesn't have checkboxes because you don't really go back and forth as much. It has a map in the back of the book, but as I said, it's more linear, so you're not. And it's not entirely linear. They say even they claimed it was more linear, but but there's still some places you get to make choices about where you go and potentially come back somewhere. So that's the components. Besides that, you'll need dice and something to write with a pencil, preferably, because there is writing and erasing and whatnot.
1: Yeah, you definitely want a pencil because I mean, otherwise, it's going to be writing up on the book itself.
0: Yep, which again, you know, that's that was the original intent back in the 90s. <laughs> I mean, the, the book, I, I told you about it, the Thrift Store, it was written in throughout. and Different places were checked and things were written and whatnot. So I had to go and erase all that stuff. And it was easy enough to do. So yeah, so you only need 2D6 and a pencil along with the book. And you only need one book, but you could get more. Uh so that was the components, the theme, the rules. The, the rules for this game, they're pretty simple. Um, your character is very basic. There's different abilities. When when you have combat, you know, you roll your combat skill and it tells you all that. It tells you how to calculate your combat skill and your armor class and whatnot. It explains all things. Easy enough, a couple pages. It also brings a few characters in the book. That, so you, don't, you could generate your own or you could pick one of the pre-generated characters. And the pre-generated character already has all the equipment and attributes, name and everything. Um, funny enough, they include two pre-generated characters that you really can't use. They're the two designers, <laughs> <laughs> so it has drawings of them and and whatever skills that they want to give themselves and whatnot. So I thought that was a cute way to to give their little bios. Totally random in the middle of in the middle of the book as you're playing along. Well, at the beginning, but snuck into the the rules. Cute. Um. Uh, hmm? Cute. Yes. So that is the, I mean, so that's the, the rules. I don't think I need to say more specific about it. Um,
1: I assume the rules were uh-huh. easy to understand these, the implants.
0: Yeah, they're easy to understand. They're, they're rather light. They're, there's not much complexity in it. Uh, as I said, it's, you have different skills. You have an inventory you could carry up to like 12, 10 or 12 things. You can't carry more than that. If, if you have more than that, you have to drop something. So it tells you all that and explains all the keyword word things. E- easy enough to follow. R- very simple, very clear. Um. Okay, so so playing the game. What's really interesting about this, I've already said it a bunch, is it's it's very open-ended. The, the book has a map at the back. You start in a specific location, and you travel, and you're following the chapters. But once in a while, you, you reach a point where it says, you're going to leave the city. Well, do you want to go north or west or east? And you can look at the map and decide, no, which one do I want to do? And you start traveling. As you're traveling, you know, you're know you going from paragraph to paragraph. And you might have encounters on the road. You could choose to then later on travel back to a city you've already been. You could visit all sorts of locations. Um, in the book, you could travel from one book to the next. Since the they're all on a map, you could reach the edge of the first book, say the left edge, and then if you keep going farther to the west, you would come into the right edge of the next book. If you have it, it'll say, you know, if you, have, if you have book two, go to book two and start in paragraph 400. If you don't, you could return where you came from at paragraph 372 or something like that.
1: Otherwise, there's some mysterious force that prevents you from leaving the area.
0: <laughs> yes. You keep running against it, but you just don't move any farther. It doesn't make sense. It's <laughs> sort of
1: invisible wall. <laughs>
0: that's yeah, exactly, it's exactly what it is so and so there, there's multiple ones of those because there's multiple entries into each adjacent book depending where you are in the map which is pretty neat you besides the traveling on the map you could also well besides walking from to city, city you could also travel by boat in some cases if you're at a coastal city you could choose to to pay for a ride on a a ship and, and head along the coast to a different location. I I believe if you're, if you're paying for a ride, you get, you just pick where you want to go to and i will tell you the cost to get from here to that city. It costs 10 gold or 20 gold or whatever the price is and you travel there. You could buy a ship if you've earned enough money and then you could travel along the coast and you could even buy and sell goods and carry them on your ship and take them to another port and sell them for hopefully more money. So it's got a little bit of an economy that way. Oh, uh, you could buy things at one city, and if you know it's more expensive somewhere else, take it to that city and sell it at a profit. I've done that a few times. It's not a fast way to make money. You can only carry ten things, but you will make some money.
1: It seems so funny to me to be like finding finding the best methods of earning money in a in a game book.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's pretty it's pretty different, and it's kind of it's kind of neat, it's kind of innovative. So, so yes you could do that there's um, there's quests you you get quests from different places you could uh, be at a city and you talk to somebody and they could say oh you seem like a powerful adventurer could you come do this for us and if you accept the offer it says you know take this keyword and you know they may have said oh I, I need you to go to the, the fell woods and kill such and such creature and then if you accept they'll say okay take the keyword whatever the keyword is and and that's all you do. And at that point, you could go to that place. And when you're wandering around that area, you may come across a paragraph that says, oh, if you have the keyword, go to this chapter We will get to fight the monster. If you don't, keep doing the normal thing. So it has super open-ended feel. It feels like you're exploring the world and discovering different things as you're playing along. And, and I really like that about it. As you're playing, you might level up. There's different places. Now, you don't get experience points like a, a traditional RPG. You have specific encounters where if you do that encounter, you will level up. In some cases, if you finish a really challenging quest, you'll, you'll get a level automatically. In other cases, if you're a specific class and you go to a specific location, then you might be able to level up based on the encounter there. Like in my case, I was playing a, a bard, and if I went to a specific location, which I was only able to go to in the first place because I was a bard, once I found that specific location and met the character there, that character training me I leveled up so so yeah, and leveling up you know makes you more powerful. typical stuff. I've already kind of mentioned how the paragraphs were the, the the check boxes and the keywords, those kind of control what can happen and and how many times something can happen. like with those check boxes, the first time you reach in a, a place, you check it, it won't happen again. The next time you reach it, whatever that event was is not gonna be over. so so the game changes over time, right the state of the game changes. You, don't, you can't just keep going and kill the same guy a hundred times to get all his
1: loot. How limited do you feel playing through the book?
0: I, I I'd never really felt limited. I always felt like I had choices and places to go. I, at some point, I did get frustrated because I wasn't necessarily sure what to do, but I could always explore and I always felt like, oh, there's areas I really haven't gone to yet and I could explore. You know, whether, Even when I, when I stay in my first book, there's a lot of stuff to explore. Eventually, I've, I think I've done everything in this book. I'm going to go on to book two. Like, I, I actually went to book two before that point. Um, I explored a little bit, and I found out that it was really hard, and I came back to book one. I said, I'm not, I don't think I'm ready, so I'm going to keep playing over here and leveling up and exploring more. And then once I felt ready, I went back to book two. So so I I have not played through all the books. I have the first four. four. I've, I've played. I think I've played through the first two pretty completely. I definitely haven't seen everything, but I've seen a lot of stuff. I think to see everything, I'd have to make a new character of a different class.
1: Go explore more elsewhere. Uh,
0: and yeah, so and so that would get tricky, right? Like it would be really hard if I have played a bunch, and I've played hours and hours of those two books a ton of time. I've probably spent a good, I'm sure more than 10 or 12 hours between the two books. Um, so there's a lot of gameplay in them, is what I'm saying. But it would be really hard for me to have played a bunch of book one, maybe a little bit into book two, and then die and start over. That would be really painful. So I will, I will admit, I a couple times I did not die only because I took it back. I said, mm, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> I, let's redo that because, because I'm too invested in this character and I don't want to start over now. If you, I mean, if you don't mind starting over, then yeah, you're gonna get a lot more replayability and see a lot more stuff because you could try different character classes and unlock things. There's there's certain things that I've gone to do and I make a skill check. If I fail it, I can't go in there, and and to to be able to succeed, I would need a different character class I would have better luck with that skill for example there's also there's different um you could be a cleric in this game and there's different gods that you could worship or whatever and depending on which gods you worship, you get different bonuses and they may give you quests and whatnot or or let you visit certain areas so there, there's a lot of lot of things just to to give it a lot of unique flavor and let you do different things the so let me tell you about the books I have played. 'Cause like I said, I haven't played all of them. I played a lot through book one. I really enjoyed book one a lot. It felt like I was able to explore a lot and do things. And after all, while, there's certain places I kept going back and forth while trying to do stuff. There's a couple quests that are major quests that ha- that affect a large story arc. I think through at least throughout the first book, probably more definitely more than just the first book though. Lot lots to explore though. It's it's pretty manageable. You you could find quests in that... If I go to cities and I talk to different people, I will get a quest once in a while. And really interesting, really, really exciting. Couldn't wait to play other books. I was really interested in going up to the northeast or northwest and over to the west. To the west because I had book two. Or northwest because I had some adventures hints that went in that direction. Book two I found a little less satisfying. Maybe even a lot less satisfying, honestly. I found book number two is a lot more random in that... You go somewhere and you the encounter at that location says, oh, roll a die. And if, if you don't succeed, the the effect that you end up having is you may lose some ability skill. So, you know, I mentioned you have six abilities. Uh, I might lose a fight and because of that, lose one point of strength. Just just totally randomly based on a, on a die roll that I had no control over. That I find that kind of thing very frustrating.
1: As opposed to any other role-playing game where just stuff happens because of a poor die roll? Like, I feel like that's part of the story. When you're playing a role playing game, part of the story is reactions to bad stuff as an ad- addition to good stuff.
0: Yeah, but there's, it, it's just 100% random. In a lot of games, it's like you can make a choice. And, you know, if you make the right choice, the consequences aren't going to be too bad. Or, okay, you made a bad choice. So now go ahead and, and roll a die and we'll see what happens because you made a bad choice. And this was. You know, you need to get from the first city to the second city, and the only way to do that is to go through a, another spot where you can have a row. You're going to have to roll, and 50-50, you're going to either lose an ability or not. You know, just, just traveling from point A to point B, that seemed a little bit uh, too much. It's impossible in that game to explore without having your abilities change a lot over the game. Some may go up and some may go down, but they're just going to change a lot, and I found that frustrating. And it was fine, you know, and, you know, you deal with it, but it was frustrating. And there are also cases where you may just end up dying because of bad choices or bad luck. And that was, again, that's frustrating. And those, those are some things where like, oh, I just died because I, di- I didn't have that one object. And I didn't even know I was supposed to have that object. That's kind of unfair. So I undid all that and I kept going plain. And later on, I find a, a clue that says, oh, if you go down there, you may want to have a certain type of object. <laughs> I can't. Wish you had told me that before, book. Why didn't you tell me that before, huh? It doesn't like you. So yeah. So <laughs> I found book two more frustrating. Also, the quests are harder to find in that book. It's not as easy. It, it's not that every time you go to city, if you ask around, there's quests. So that was a little more. Uh, you stumble in the quests more in that book than in the other ones. You stumble into them. I mean, just by by. It felt more by luck. The the other thing is that the book is more difficult than i expected to and that's nothing wrong with it it's just unexpected the at the beginning of the first book i i pretty much immediately got a quest in the second book it's like oh cool i'm gonna try that as soon as i can uh well it took me a long long time to do that and i think i was level four because finally before i finally succeeded it it took many 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 tries of trying to figure out how to get to that area and how to deal with that area and exploring that area so it was surprisingly just how how difficult that was but that that also added a lot of longevity to the books because you know it took me like i said it took me forever i really did spend i'm sure it was more than 12 hours even i wonder how long i played <laughs> i don't know okay so that's book two book three i only have a little bit of experience with in that one you can now travel down to the islands and requires owning a ship or i think if you don't know ship, I guess you could you could pay your way to go around, but it's really meant you, you can be on ship a lot in this one. You have to. Where the other ones, the ship was very optional. Here, it's p- pretty much a requirement. Um, I, had, I didn't get very far into book three. Right away in book three, I found a link to that Fabled Lands quest book. So I said, oh, I have that book. I'll try that. And I played that <laughs> one. That one is more of the choose-your-own-adventure book. That one is really hard, actually. That one I was surprised by. It kept telling you, at the beginning, before you play, you know, now you sure you want to do this? This book is, is more deadly and more risky. If you're going to bring a character from the Fabled Lands, you know, just be warned it's a hard game. So you may not want to do that. So you could choose to bring a character in or start with a level three character for that book. I brought my character in. I said, you know, I'm going to play through this. I'm not going to, I'm going to ignore the consequences because I'm going to do this for the podcast. I just want to see what it's like. Um, it's interesting. I enjoy the adventure. I thought it was really well written. I liked it. It was really hard. And at the end, even with a character that I thought was pretty powerful going into the book, I was not able to succeed it and win it. And I think that is because I would need to play it multiple times and figure out different things to complete the game in the correct order and play it all in the correct order. And I think if you do things in the correct order, probably, it's easier. And you do that by playing and replaying and discovering and unlocking things. Maybe like with time stories games where, where you played it multiple times to find the right way of doing things. Kinda of like that. <laughs> so so that but that but I really like I said I really enjoyed it and I liked the writing and I thought it was well done. I I have book four, I have not played it, and I don't have any of the other books. And I mean there there we go. That's that's a relatively fast overview of the Fabled Land series. I really like it. I would recommend starting with book one, just because you want to start with a lower level character. I think if you did book two or book three first and then went back to book one, you'd probably find it really easy. Which, you know, <laughs> might be fine because then, then you do everything and you don't worry about dying, you succeed. Sometimes that's satisfying too.
1: I don't find that satisfying.
0: But I think in, in terms of progression, you, you want to start with, yeah. You, find, you start with one and work your way up numerically and I think that'll be more consistent. Lots to explore all over the world and things to find and, and things to unlock. Yeah, it's a really neat series, and it's only ten dollars a book or eleven, right? So pretty cheap. Any any thoughts, Julius? Any comments or questions? No big
1: ones. <laughs> okay, <laughs> not a whole lot to say. I mean, I've I've had my time playing this type of book and similar ones. It's been a number of years since I've picked up the, specifically the Fabled Lands ones. I'm a little surprised to hear that your that you find it as enjoyable as I did. Um, because I feel like you would enjoy more of the journaling type thing. it It a little surprises me to hear that you enjoy walking through someone else's story and experiencing through someone else's story as opposed to some mm-hmm. of the other journaling type solitaire game books that we've discussed in the past. but i'm I'm happy that you do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so it is it is exploring a world, and I always enjoy the idea of exploring. I like that. I I would love a game where you're just exploring. And remember, we talked about uh, exploring recently. And I mentioned um, what was that game from Fantasy Fight? The ones that each version was a little bit different. Adventures? In, no,
1: I don't know, but I know the one you're talking about.
0: Yeah, I, I I should say you know I should say the name in case listeners don't have any idea what I'm talking about. Shame on me. Hang on.
1: Discover lands unknown.
0: Yes. Okay. Thank you, Julie. So the game I was thinking of is Discover Lands Unknown. Yes, yeah, so that game was a lot of exploring, right? And and you're going through and discovering things. And once you've discovered it once, the game was lost a lot of its appeal and playability. Because the fun of it for me was finding all these things. I, and I don't mind doing that in a game that where, where it's a role-playing game where it's all pre-written for me. I enjoy the process of discovering it. Which is also why I like playing games and playing new games all the time. Because you're discovering a new game. So you know, in that sense, for me, it would be hard to come back and replay it, and which is why, I, why I said, uh, I would not want to die and start over. <laughs> Replaying the same thing again would be challenging. It wouldn't be. I would be fine coming back a few years later and starting over, and remembering some things better than others. But then I would probably pick a different character class. So yeah, oh but yeah, the, the game worked fine for me. I, I liked it a lot. I quite like it. I I'd highly recommend it. Get the first book, try it out. If you like it you know get the second and keep going until, until you lose interest all right uh i think that is all Shall we close the book on this episode
1: sounds like a plan to me
0: all right thank you everyone
1: <laughs> have a good night albert <laughs> <laughs> bye-bye thanks for listening we love feedback so we love hearing from you